0: Welcome to This Risen Existence with Paula Gooder, a weekly meditation for the Easter season. If I'm honest, when I wrote the book This Risen Existence, I was being a little bit self-indulgent. Easter has always been one of my favourite times of the year, and resurrection is one of the key pillars of my faith. Yet, over the years, I often found myself disappointed in the Easter season. We work our way through Lent, reflecting deeply on issues of life and faith, and at last we arrive triumphantly at the great festival of Easter. And then we stop our study and carry on as we were before. Many people read Lent books, some of which explore Jesus' journey to the cross, but then they often stop before the resurrection. Even if they go on to the resurrection, it's to be found in the last chapter just before they end. For many years, I longed for a book that actually would take me onwards past Easter, to Ascension Day and to Pentecost. I longed for a book that would allow me to think more deeply and seriously about what the resurrection means to me and the way in which I live my life. In the end, I decided that the only thing to do was to write my own Easter book, a book that could accompany me on a journey through the stories and ideas about resurrection that we encounter in the Bible. And to ask that question about what living a resurrection life might mean. So, as I've already confessed, this book is largely self-indulgent, but I hope not entirely so. If you, like me, have wanted to travel more deeply into what Jesus' rising from the dead really means, then I hope this book might be a helpful companion along the way. One of my favourite times of the year is spring. I love that feeling of the stirrings of new life that arise, when the first tiny spring flowers force their way through the winter frosts. Our local park has bank upon bank of crocuses in blue and yellow and white, and when I see them, the biting wind feels less cold, the rain a little less endless, and I start looking forward to warmer times and to new life. On one level, absolutely nothing has changed, but on another it feels as though I've been granted permission to look forward to sunnier, warmer days. There's something in the human psyche that responds to human life. Many people will pause to coo over a new baby, over a puppy or a kitten, in fact anything newborn. There are many scientific explanations of why we're so drawn to newness, but part of it must be that it gives us a sense of hope. It gives us a sense of life beyond the grim realities of the everyday. It gives us a sense of future. In some ways, the resurrection of Jesus chimes in with this response to new life. Just as spring flowers intimate that winter is passing and summer is round the corner, so Jesus' resurrection points us to the fact that the old order is passing and new creation is on its way. There's a problem, however, with the analogy between Jesus' resurrection and spring flowers that we need to be careful not to overlook. The crocuses I love so much will die even before summer has arrived, and will only have new life again the following spring. Spring flowers suggest resurrection to us, but only partially. The major difference between their rising to new life and Jesus' rising is that their new life is cyclical, interwoven with death, whereas Jesus' is not. Jesus did rise from the dead, and he rose to new life, but he will never die again. When I used to teach in college, I would regularly get into arguments with my students over how unique Jesus' resurrection was. The conversation would go a little like this. I would say, Jesus' resurrection was unique. Nothing like it had ever happened before, nor afterwards. And then, without fail, someone in the class would respond, But what about the widow of Nain's son in Luke 7? Or Lazarus in John 11? and a moment of tension would rise in the room, since there's nothing a student enjoys more than proving their lecturer wrong. I maintained then, and still maintain now, that my original statement is correct. The difference between what happened to Jesus and what happened to Lazarus is vast, because just like the spring flowers, Lazarus died again and awaits another resurrection. Jesus did not die again, nor ever will he die again. Jesus rose not to the same life as Lazarus did, but to a different life in which death no longer features. Technically, what happened to Lazarus was not resurrection, rising to a new eternal life, but revivification, rising to a renewed old life. I grant it's a picky point, but it's an important one and begins to open up for us the question of what is more about the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus' resurrection is more than just that he was dead and is now alive, since that could also be said of Lazarus and many others who were miraculously raised in the Bible. What is more about Jesus' resurrection is that he will never die again. The other more of Jesus' resurrection is that it's not just about Jesus. As we've already seen, Jesus' resurrection transforms the whole world. Jesus's resurrection transforms each person who is in Christ. Over the course of the next few weeks we will return to this question time and time again. What difference does Jesus's resurrection make to us and the way in which we live our lives? In the next podcast we are going to turn our attention to one of the resurrection accounts, to Mark 16, and have a look at that glorious account of the women who arrived at the tomb, anxious and miserable, and encountered the angel where they expected the body of Jesus to be. You've been listening to This Risen Existence with Paula Gooder, brought to you by Fortress Press. Paula's books are available at your favourite bookstore, online, or down the street.